Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and man, oh man, am I excited about today's topic and my guest. She is an absolute rock star, and this topic will blow your mind <laughs> and be exceptionally useful and practical, and uh, maybe one of the best episodes you listen to in a long, long time. So I know I'm setting the bar high, but we can deliver. <laughs> we can totally deliver on this. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And we are thrilled to underwrite this program and bring some amazing guests to you. I have a question for you. How is your YouTube game? Are you using YouTube to help scale your e-commerce business? Hopefully, you're using YouTube both as a remarketing vehicle and also for top of funnel growth. However, if you're like most e-commerce companies, then you're probably not fully leveraging YouTube. So I have two free resources for you. The first is a two-minute crash course on YouTube ads. I recorded this with the famous Ezra Firestone. So you can check that out by looking at the links in the show notes to this show. You can also Google Smart Marketer and two-minute crash course, and you'll find the resource there. Also, we recorded a 90-minute webinar outlining exactly how we scale with YouTube. We talk about keys to a great YouTube ad. We talk about audience targeting. We talk about bidding, optimization, and much, much more. So I highly, highly recommend you check it out. You can also find that linked here in the show notes. It's also at the bottom of the two-minute crash course page. So check them out and start scaling with YouTube. And now, back to the show. My guest is Miss Lindsay Martyr, and she is a content marketing nerd at heart. That's who she is. Uh, she was the managing editor for Digital Marketer for four years, worked closely with our mutual friend, Russ Henneberry. Russ and I go way back. And uh, now, you know, she's working with brands to spread their mission and engage with customers. She knows content and she does a lot of unique things with content. She's also the co-founder of Digital Strategy Bootcamps. And she's partnered with the world famous Molly Pittman and the uh, uh, also, you know, soon to be world famous, I'm sure, uh, John Grimshaw, yeah. John, just on the podcast. Dude, that, that guy is so smart. Uh, so with that, Lindsay Martyr, welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I yeah. love these things. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, you and I go back a ways. I think it's probably one of the earlier TNC events and maybe we did some office hours with Digital Marketer, something you and Russ and I, something like yeah. that. Yeah, when we were building Digital Marketer's contributor uh, platform in the very yeah. beginning, yeah. years ago. Yeah, I wrote some, I think I wrote a couple of Google Shopping blogs and mm -hmm. such for you guys, which was a, a lot of fun. So we, we go way back. I uh, got to hang out in Seattle recently at Ezra's Blue Ribbon Mastermind. You gave a talk there that was so good and so applicable to this audience that I wanted to get you on the show and so you were talking about pre-sale content. Yes. And uh, if you have no idea what that means, no worries. A lot of people don't. We'll talk about what that means. But basically, we're going to get into you know, kind of five ways to create high-converting pre-sale content. And uh, it's going to be great. This is going to be super useful. We drive a ton of traffic. You know, we're a traffic agency. I say that a lot. But we drive a lot of traffic to these pre-sale engagement pages. And then do they work if they're done right? So we'll talk about what they are, how to use them, and all of that good stuff. Before we do, though, Lindsay, how did you become a content marketing nerd? Was this like something you dreamed about since the time you were a little girl? Or like, how did this yeah. happen? 
Actually, from the time I was a little girl, I remember in fourth grade, I decided I wanted to go into editing and publishing. Really? Uh, yeah. In fourth grade, I was part of the author society in elementary school. All right. And um, they were doing a reading program at school. And this is funny, but also shares a little bit about my personality. Um, the assistant principal of the school would come to class by class and each week read three chapters of one of the Harry Potter books that had just come out. Right. I think it was the first one. And he kept saying, Professor Dumbledore. And I was bothered by how slow of a pace we were reading. So my mom went and got the books for me and I started reading them myself. And I realized it was Professor Dumbledore. And <laughs> I was like, wow, he really doubled down. He's been saying it wrong for a few weeks. And <laughs> did, you correct, did you point this out? Did you correct him? No, my mom said not to, but I really wanted to. And that's kind of um, when I wanted to become an editor because I didn't want to write the books, but I wanted to tell, I wanted them to be told the way I wanted them to be told. So, so interesting. <laughs> that is fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. I, uh, it's, it's funny how some of these things kind of crop up, you know, as you're a kid and then maybe you have other dreams too. But I remember there being a time in my life when I watched an infomercial and I was like in younger than junior high and I thought, it would be kind of fun to make commercials. Right. And here I am, an ad guy, you know, and of course I wanted to be like a basketball player and other things that didn't quite line up with, uh, you know, uh, what I'm super good at. And so yeah. uh, anyway, very cool. So you want to be an editor. And, I and wanted then, to be, so, yeah, I wanted to be an editor. And then um, Ryan Dice, uh, started a publishing branch um, with Tucker Max at Digital Marketer and Tucker actually hired me. Um, so I went to Austin and I was working with um, Lioncrest Publishing for about nine months when they figured, you know, this isn't the way that Digital Marketer is going to go. And so Ryan, thankfully, um, brought me into his office and said, I need to figure out a way to integrate you onto the Digital Marketer team or when you run out of clients, I won't have any more work for you. And I didn't want to have to tell my mom that I lost my job so soon. So I said, I can join the digital marketer team. What do you guys do here? And, <laughs> and yeah. He and what a good choice that was. That oh my gosh, desire right? to please mom, it saved the day. Um, oh, right? Open lots of doors. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And then he gave me to Russ Henneberry and was like, make her into something. <laughs> yeah. And so you guys were just crushing content, man, just making it happen and helping grow and all, all, all sorts of DM products, which was, which was great. And now you're doing stuff on your own, which is, which is super fun to watch. So uh, good stuff. Keep up the good work. Uh, so let, let's dive in. Let's, let's talk about what is pre-sale content, right? Cause it's not, it's not blogging. It's not for SEO really. I mean, I exactly. So what, what is it? Yeah, so I think that uh, in the landscape of content creation right now, um, it, the internet is so crowded. And so you really have a few options. And people have been told for the last like 10 years, even before that, you need to do content, you need to do content, you need to do content. And so they kind of get on this treadmill of blog creation. And then they get discouraged because they don't see it doing anything for them. And it's because if you don't have the resources, bandwidth, or intention behind it, it's not going to perform the way you want. And then there's the kind of content that you were talking about with SEO. And so those are two paths you can go down. But what I really love is this new introduction of pre-sale content, um, where it's super intentional and it works for a lot of businesses that don't need a blog, that don't need to do SEO. They are crushing it with traffic. It's especially helpful for e-commerce businesses. Absolutely. 
it's so so it's a piece of content that provides value and basically sits on top of a sales letter and it um it's not meant to convert people into buyers it's meant to open them up to a buying mindset and it's really meant to take it out to cold traffic and build your retargeting lists Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Love it. So we were, we're driving, as I mentioned, a ton of traffic to these pages. We don't create these pages ourselves. We just drive traffic to them. But but yeah, I, I like how you contrasted that. And and let's just talk blogging for just a second, mm-hmm. right? And and blogging is proven. It's powerful. It's great. But it's not for everybody. And, yeah. and I think that the trap people get into, and a lot of people have just kind of given up on it too, but people say, oh, I got a blog. Well, then the next question is, well, okay, how many times? Like how often do I have to blog? Oh, I got a blog once a week. Oh, well, let's just... It just becomes this this drudgery of all right, you got to crank out another blog oh, post. Yeah, it's and, a hamster uh, wheel. Yeah, and and then it's like, well, no wonder those blogs suck. You know, you're not you're not enjoying. You know, you're not excited about sharing this content. Of course, you're just on this you know hundred mile march uh, that you force yourself into. So it's not that it's not just SEO. Although you could you could weave in some SEO stuff here if you oh, want. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's all about getting someone in the right mindset. And, and, and when you say it sits on top of a, a sales page, I want you to explain that a little bit and, and then give some examples if you would. Sure, absolutely. So we think about the customer journey and the way that we're used to putting the awareness and engagement stage before we offer a product. It's kind of like the lead magnet and then the tripwire and then the core offer. You're really trying to provide value and get trust there. And so with pre-sale content, you're not putting a full blog post on top of a sales letter, but you're figuring out what is it that your customer really wants to know? What is it that your audience is super interested in? And then you're specifically, I like to think of it as answering those questions for them. And it can come in a bunch of different forms um, like tips or a listicle or a case study even. And you provide that value in a really direct way. Whereas blog posts and SEO content usually have coloring and uh, fluff and personality. No, a pre-sale content is meant to be a short chunk of really driven value that seeds into your product and whichever products you want to put in front of them. Because what you're trying to do with that first piece of content is uh, identify a problem they're having, alluding to a situation or a solution for them, and then kind of leading them to see how you can provide that solution specifically. Love it. So when you say it sits on top of a sales letter, you mean that literally in some cases? Yeah. Like it's on the same page. So the top it's of the, on page, the same page. This content, it's a listicle, it's a five tips, three tips, whatever. And then just below that, you're now introducing a product. You you you've got some of the the typical direct response copy in there, trying mm-hmm. to educate and 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 show people why your product is great and how it solves their problems and things like that. Yeah. So, and I think the the benefit there is that normally with a product page. You are, you know, giving the product features and you're talking about why it's so great and there are testimonials and things. But the beauty of a pre-sale article is that you can use that direct response copy in a sales letter to tie it exactly, tie your product exactly back to the pre-sale topic itself. So five makeup tips for women. Um, you give them five tips and you say maybe like, hey, uh, during the summer, you need a lighter foundation that uh, sits on top of the skin, really lets your skin breathe. That's part of it. And then you would kind of transition into saying, by the way, we sell foundations and they're pretty light, airy and breathable. Yes. Yes. I love that. And so you actually, you you just shared a real example and I want to I maybe walk through a few of them. But 
the five makeup tips for older women. If anybody's followed Ezra Firestone for any time, you, you've heard of that. And that's something he's been running traffic to since I want to say like 2014 or something crazy like that. Oh, yeah. he, he's tried different variations of it, uh, but his control is old, 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 and, and, and it's still working well. We send tons of traffic to that page through YouTube and Google Display Network. Um, so talk a little bit about that page. What is that? I mean, it's kind of obvious because of the title, but, but but talk about that page a little bit. Sure. So Ezra is using that with his boom audience. Um, and so it's clean makeup and he's targeting um, older women. Then he's trying to, he's making it so that aging is beautiful again, because there's so many messages right now in the media and with products that you want to reverse age and you don't want to age and you don't want to show your age. And it's anti-age. Yeah. yeah anti-age. And I love that boom is so about like, heck no, show yeah, yeah. your age with pride. You made it. Far. I love it too. I love it too. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and so it's, there's not a lot of companies that are catering to that market of women progressing in life that still want to wear makeup, still want to look their best, but don't want to hide everything. And so five makeup tips for older women is an amazing piece of content that speaks to what they're looking for. So many women are looking for. And um, he is basically saying, here's where we stand on things. And I love that that article also takes that view. It's this is what BOOM stands for. Yep. And so he gives five tips that are really easy to apply. They're very short and powerful. And then he leads into BOOM products and starts with testimonials because those are huge. And uh, then shares a view of BOOM bundles, BOOM products. He has that credibility with a quote from Jennifer Aniston in there. Yep. yep. Gotta love that. It's amazing. Which is crazy. Like, you know, and, and as, as a longtime Friends fan, yes. crazy that Jennifer Aniston's kind of getting up there where she's like north of She's 50, like 50. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's... Uh, forever in Gorgeous. my mind. Uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, so you have a quote from Jennifer Aniston that, that certainly helps. Yeah. Um, but what a, what a powerful page. And, and yeah, we've got that thing pretty dialed in in terms of, you know, we know what kind of CPA that's going to deliver mm -hmm. when we send YouTube traffic to it or what it should deliver when we send YouTube traffic or, or GDN traffic or, or whatever. So, uh, so that's an awesome page. I'll link to that page in the show notes. So, so do check that out. Although you could just Google five makeup tips for older women, boom, and you'll find it. Or just five makeup tips for older women and you'll find yeah. it. Yeah, that's the other difference. So Ezra has that set up as its own pre-sell page uh, using Zipify Pages that creates a very unique experience for people on that page. He also, the reason you can find that is because he has that on his blog. Yep. And so when you go to the one on your blog, on the blog, you won't have that whole sales page experience, but it kind of gets into what we're talking about today with using topics that have proven to convert and turning that into long seated content that can become SEO content or can live anywhere else on your site just to provide value. Yep. Yep. Love it. So, so that's the boom example. What are some other, and, and you made the comment early and I 100% agree, this works so well for e-commerce. Like this is the perfect fit for e-commerce. And it really works when you're driving cold traffic, right? Which is, mm -hmm. that's the reason a lot of people come to us is because they they say, hey, we hear you can scale an e-commerce brand on YouTube or through Amazon DSP or, or something. So e-commerce brands, they're always wanting to scale. They're wanting to hit cold traffic. Um, so, so what are some other e-commerce examples for good pre-sale pages? Oh, yeah. So there's a brand called Third Love. Um, they are coming up big right now, uh, taking Victoria's Secret to task. Um, they sell bras. Yeah, they sell bras. They sell under um, underwear, um, now lounge clothing and everything. And they were any like any other e-commerce brand uh, trying to 
get their legs under them. And one of the things that they did that made them stand out was um, put a tag on their bra that uh, you pulled off, but it said how to put on a bra. And uh, a, a customer got this, read read the tag actually before ripping it off, which is crazy to me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she posted a picture on Twitter that said, y'all, I just found out I've been putting a bra on wrong for the last 13 years of my life. <laughs> and yeah. then everybody found out that, that Third Love had this post, this explanation post on their site. And so Women's Wear Daily linked to it because of course, with that curiosity factor and said, are you putting your bra on wrong? Which every woman that saw that was just like, nah, but I'm going to check. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's something like, no, I've been doing this for 30 years or whatever, but am I? I don't know. Like, I, Right? I it's the out. kind of thing. Would you Google, uh, did you ever Google how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the right way? Like, no, it's something that you just, you put on pants one leg at a time. So you don't ever think you're doing it wrong. And so they had this post and it got picked up by Huffington Post and it went viral. Mm-hmm. And they've used it now as pre-sale content um, because it's such a seedable topic. So yep. you put something in front of women that are like, uh, how do I put a bra on? And they read it and they're like, I've been doing this wrong. Or they're like, cool, I've been doing it right. But then it goes into our bras are voted the most comfortable bras anywhere. They're the kind yeah. that you'll want to keep on after you get home from work, which yep. speaks to so many women. And Absolutely. yeah, and what I yep. love about that is that it's three steps and it's the simplest answer to a question. How to do this, yep. three steps, and it's a before and after state piece. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I yeah. love it. And, and here's what's so, so powerful about this content. So you're trying to run top of funnel traffic. You're, you're trying to run ads to cold traffic to get them to convert. It's hard just to run a product ad, right? Here's my product. Here's the price. Could you buy it here? Right? That can work in some cases. But it's a lot easier once you identify your avatar. Who is my customer? In this case, it's like all women, I guess. Anybody wears a bra. <laughs> uh, or or with, with Boom, it's, it's women over the age of, of 55, 60 typically is who they're targeting, although the makeup or the, the products work for anybody. Yeah. Um, so you identify that avatar, you understand like a little bit about them, what makes them tick, where do they hang out online, what are, what are the content they like, right? So you get, you get this avatar of the customer. It's so much easier than to, to run an ad, a video ad, uh, a display ad, something saying, hey, do you, are you curious if you've been putting your bra on wrong your whole life? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's way more compelling than we've got 10% off bras this month, you know? Right. Uh, cold traffic. Like it's just, just so much more intriguing and interesting. So what's ha- what happens then is your click-through rate's better, right? Which changes the economics of everything. So now your CPCs go down, your, your cost to drive the traffic goes down. And now you're, like you said, opening their mind, getting them ready to buy. And, yeah. uh, and there's, there's a few pieces there that I want to get into in a minute. But uh, other good examples. So that was Third Love, Boom, and any other good e-commerce? Yeah, product? there's one I love, Framebridge. If you are not on Framebridge's list, if you have not been pixeled by them, if you're not following them on social media, I got to do that like right now. To be everybody needs to be. Framebridge. Um, what, what do they do? I've never even heard of them. How, how so have I custom, not heard of them? Custom on-demand framing. Okay. Okay. Um, I have. I don't three. do a lot of framing, so that that's probably why. Uh, yeah. But uh, but have, I'll check it out for marketing purposes. I have three of their frames that I'm looking at right now in my office. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Their marketing is amazing. But one of the pre-sale articles that they've done that they've also turned into a video on social and run traffic to is how to hang a gallery wall. And that's amazing. Another one they've done is how to display photos at your wedding. Mm, ooh, and I love both of these 
because with one of them, how to display a gallery wall or how to create a gal- how to hang a gallery wall, it's taking something that so many of us are seeing now on Pinterest, on home design blogs, on commercials and everything like that. And for those that aren't what I would call decorating inclined, like myself, mm-hmm. um, I'm just like, no, I'm going to buy the same frame in five different uh, shades and hang that all. And so they're teaching you. They're giving you selections of their different oh, gallery wall collections. And it's, again, it's something that you can learn to do very easy. And if you don't want to do it yourself, it seeds into, hey, we made a few collections that you can buy. These are already go together really well. And you can also talk with our team to do it. The other one, uh, how to display photos at your wedding. They're creating new customers. Because when you think of framing photos, you think of, of hanging them on the wall like the three behind you. Yep, yep. You put them at home. And so they're creating new uses for their product. And especially with wedding planning, when um, the decor of weddings, the theme of weddings, what people are going to look at and experience is so popular right now. Photos, of course, why not? Because they're not something like at most weddings that you have to throw away. Flowers die, the tablecloths get returned, people throw away your favors. But if you display photos, you can decorate your wedding with sentimental moments and then you can also take them home with you and Use look it. at them all the yeah. time. And people, you know, people are always looking for ways to make their wedding unique and, and yes. interesting. And, and this is something that people don't instinctively know how to do, most people. And also that's a very easy audience to target, right? You can yes. identify people that are uh, about to get married based on their church behavior, what they're doing online, things like that. Even you Absolutely. Their, their, their Facebook statuses just yep. got yep. engaged. Yep. Yep. So now you can target them. Now you show them this. That's something that really makes them say, ooh, I got to learn that. I got to figure that out. And now you've really gotten someone ready to be a customer. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant content. Any any other, and then that's that's plenty, but any other examples you can think of on the e-commerce side that we should talk about? Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, Well, one is with a client that I'm working with Mm -hmm. um, called Coding Quill. And so they created something called the Habit Planner. And so the habit planner, it's, um, it's more about balancing your priorities with who you want to be rather than productivity and getting things done. Mm-hmm. And so for them, um, what we did was there are monthly layouts, weekly layouts, and daily layouts. And we created a pre-sale article that was around the five things you need to do every day to feel your best self. And mm-hmm. so all we did was take the pieces of the daily layout, which are... Um, what to do today, habits I want to stay focused on today, um, daily review, that kind of thing. So reflection. And we put that in a list. And then it just gave a few tips on why the psychology of why this helps you be more balanced and happy every day. And then naturally, it's seeded right into the habit planner of you don't have to make your own layout. You can use ours. Plus, we'll give you a note section, a weekly section, and a monthly section. That's awesome. So good. So good. So powerful. And, and I, hopefully now people are seeing the theme of, hey, you, you're answering a, 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 an important question, an interesting question, a thought-provoking question, and then you're also getting someone ready to buy. Yeah. It's, it's a I, I think the biggest trick of this, if you're kind of listening to this and you're wondering where to start, which we'll get into five really tactical ways to do it, but... One of the things that I like most to get people's gears turning is, well, for one thing, like you said earlier, you have to know your avatar. If you don't know your avatar, you're not going to have a hope in hell to do this. And so once you know your avatar and do that research, say, pretend you are your different avatars and say to yourself, I want to, and then fill in the blank. 
and write those statements down a sheet of paper of what it is exactly your avatar wants to do, what they want to feel, accomplish, see, read, and then ask yourself how to do that. And if you can explain how to do that, you've got yourself a pre-sale article. I love it. I love it. So powerful. All right. Awesome. So now let's get into kind of these tactical ways of figuring out what should my topic be? Like what, so should I go with like these five tips or a listicle or so, you know, what, whatever. So how do you identify uh, the topic first? And we can talk about some of the structure too. But how, do you, how do you identify the topic? So there's a few different ways. And the first one is my favorite. And I know you're familiar with it. And it makes me sad how many people aren't using it, but Google Search Console. It's great tool. Whole, holy grail. I'm an SEO nerd from way yes. back. So I got my start with online marketing. And so I love Google Search Console, but it, it is it is kind of the, the place for the nerdy few. It is not, yeah. it is not uh, a mass market thing yet, regrettably. Yeah, it's not, but it should be. I think it was actually John Grimshaw who called it the redheaded stepchild of the Google suite. It's and true. it is because they don't broadcast about it a lot. They just rolled out a brand new one, a new platform for it this year, and they didn't really make it that popular. Um, but it's free and it tells you how people are finding you, like exact phrases and queries and pages that they're getting to, which now if you're looking in Google Analytics for that, um, you try and find that out and it... Mostly hidden there. Yeah. The not provided section is getting larger and larger every every year. Yeah. All but two or 3% of your organic traffic or something not provided in terms of uh, search term and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so Google Search Console is amazing for that. And I like to use it in two different ways. So this is really about getting inside your customer's mind so that you are guaranteed to create a converting uh, cold topic for people who've never heard of you before. And that's by finding out how your existing customers have already heard about you. So in Google Search Console, you can look up um, in a very simple report, queries, the keywords that people are using to find you. And so what I like to do is filter out all of the branding keywords. Um, So when I did this for Ezra, I got rid of Boom. I got rid of Cindy Joseph. And the two that came up that people were searching the most were makeup for older women and makeup as two words for older women. But the interesting thing about looking at it, that nuance is that makeup as one word had triple times the clicks then makeup as two words. Yes. But that kind of lets you know where you should stand as a branding, as in your style guide is makeup one word because Google's going to show that to more people. More people are searching it as one word. Mm -hmm. And um, so then you go ahead and you click on the query that people are are coming in on. You want to look at things that have um, high clicks and you go ahead, when you click on that one, you can then click page and it'll show you which URL that's taking them to. Because Google is going to show people the URLs and the pages that they think people will get the most value on. And they may not be the ones that you think are where they're coming in on. So you click it and it shows you which page they're coming in on. And then I like to go to Google Analytics and plug that page in and look at how much revenue it's brought in. And so I do that with all the queries because the query that's converted the most and brought in the most revenue on organic search is obviously a converting topic. And then you have your you have a pre-sale topic and you can prioritize them from there and know that they're already con- going to convert with cold traffic because they're converting from people who have never heard of you before. Yeah, that's so good. So good. And, and, that's, and that is the way you have to use Search Console and Google Analytics 
because the, the reason Google keeps them separate, the reason they don't put organic search terms, so the search terms someone types in to find you organically, the reason they kind of hide that and put that into Search Console is for privacy purposes and you know what whatnot. Yeah. Uh, they, do, they do give that away for paid traffic, thankfully. Yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, so now you're you're identifying. Okay, what are the the the, the most popular non-brand terms people are finding our site with? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you find those terms using Search Console, and then you find those pages, and then you see how those pages are doing in, in GA. So that that's yeah. that's or awesome. Yeah, or you can reverse engineer it. So sometimes I'll go into Google Analytics first and I will look at organic search landing pages and sort by revenue and then take the highest revenue ones, go back into Search Console and you can actually filter by page instead, find those pages and do the opposite, show the query report and bring in the terms that people use to get there. Very cool, very cool, love that. So now we've got our our Google tools, we can can use those. I think that you you mentioned that's your favorite. I think that's a great place to start. What are some other ways we can kind of land on this this solid pre-sale topic? Sure. So Ahrefs, um, unless you are an SEO nerd like you and I, it's not necessary to have an that, account. That, that is the nerdiest name ever really uh, <laughs> for a site. You want to you explain what Ahrefs means? Yeah. So Ahrefs is where links are. So if you look at the back of a, a web page, those blue hyperlinks, and look at what the actual code is. Mm-hmm. Um, your code is ahrefs equals wherever you're sending the link that, that, to. That's the the code around. I love yeah, it. I'm like, it's, it's such an it, Easter it, egg. It is. It is. It's, it's it's so fun, but it's also like ahrefs. What like someone's right? initials? What is this? But that that's what it is. It's the code for a backlink. So okay, cool. So you look. You use ahrefs for for what? Sure. So I look. Um, I'm an SEO, so I use this tool all the time with all of my clients to keep track of things. But if you're not an SEO and you're just looking to do some deep dive. Um, really good research. They offer a seven-day trial for like, I think now it's $7. So if you could dedicate yourself for a chunk of a day, just give yourself a day, sign up for a trial and dig into their tool. The beauty is you can export absolutely everything and you could fill your content calendar, not just your pre-sale stuff. You could fill a content calendar with topics for years with one day's worth of work. And so what I like to do, and this is where knowing your avatar really is critical, is um, go into Keyword Explorer and they will let you choose which search engine you want to use, which I'm mostly using Google. And then type in topics that matter to your avatar. So if you are in the um, dog space and you are selling dog food, you know that your avatar cares about dog food ingredients dog food health, um, dog food expiration dates, um, which dog food is great for my breed. And you can type in all of those queries into this box in Keyword Explorer. And you press submit. And then along the left-hand side of uh, the panel, there's a questions report. And what it does is it takes all of those keywords that you just pulled in, and it pulls up the exact questions people are typing into Google around those topics. And what's so cool about the questions is, you know, when someone is really eager to learn a topic, that's how they make their search on Google is they type yes. in a question. So if you can give your topics, I'm, I'm all about skincare, organic dog food, or, yes. or great, you know, organic single origin coffee, whatever the case may be, like, this is my topic. Now you plug that into the, the question tool on Ahrefs and it's going to give you top questions 
Yes. Related to that keyword. Very and it's going to tell you the volume, how many people per month are searching this question, how many people are clicking a response because they like the first page of response they got, um, what the CPC would be if you were running Google ads to that question. And so what I liked about it is it kind of proves that simplistic model. So yesterday I was doing research around a skincare brand and I uh, typed in um, skincare ingredients, uh, best face cleanser, uh, good face wash. And the first question it popped up was how to wash your face. And it nice. had like 9,000 searches a month. Mm. Yep. So if you yep. could create a pre-sale article called how to wash your face the right way, yep. and you just teach somebody, turn the water on, put this in your hand, do that. And then you see down into how you have an organic skincare brand yep. that will make your face glow and make you feel better and refreshed and feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Hello. Yep. Yep. It's beautiful. And those questions, I mean, those questions can become your headline or, yes. or, or, or can lead to the variation that is your winning headline, the, the headline in your ad, the headline in your, uh, on the actual page, on the pre-sale page. So it's very powerful. There's, there's another tool we use um, from time to time. And, and I think it's kind of cool because it's visual, but answer the public. You ever used answer? Yes. The- yeah, the public is fun too. You yep. can go down a dark hole with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically the way that works, you got to go to answerthepublic.com or whatever it is. We'll link to the show notes, but um, because there's like this grumpy old dude that looks kind of like an art librarian, maybe like an old professor slash librarian. He's like a less stressed out Walter White. No, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like looking at you judgingly, like, are you going to type a query? Are you going to use the tool? Are you just going to sit there like an idiot? You know, yeah. that's what it looks like. Uh, but anyway, so you, but same thing. You type in skincare, you type in, you know, uh, Leatherman's footwear, whatever. And then it's going to going to create uh, this, this visual graph of all the popular questions around that topic. So it's it pretty powerful. Good, good thought starter there as well. Yeah, it's awesome. I love tools like that because like you said, it informs your ad copy. It informs everything. It's so easy to put together topics if you know exactly what people are asking. And if you can just take those, how how do I do this? Where is this? What is this statements? And reverse it and spell it out in a very simple manner. People love that. Yep, they love it. That takes out the guesswork. You know what's popular. You know what people are interested in. Don't, Don't try to be too creative in terms of invent something that you think is is what yes. people are asking. Look and see what people are actually asking and go, and go there. So yes. okay, awesome. So those are great tips. Uh, other other ways to land on this good topic for a pre-sale engagement page. I am all about using my competitor's hard work to put mm-hmm. more money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And so that for me um, means a lot of using Amazon reviews. So um, when I was working on the copy, uh, the product copy, and ad copy for launching the Habit System with Code and Quill, um, I went to Amazon and I looked for books around habits. And um, I found Free to Focus, um, which is a book I know a lot of people have read. And then I went to the reviews. And I like to filter by the five-star reviews and the one-star reviews. Because the five-star reviews, yeah, they tell you how you made them feel. Um, And I found this one guy who read Free to Focus and his review was so powerful. He said... Um, before free to focus, I was a hot mess. I was overworked, overwhelmed, and so unhappy. Um, I had, I was close to burnout. I was in a place I never thought I would be. And that speaks mm. to the before state. And yeah. then he yeah. spoke to the after state. A place I never thought I'd be. That's interesting. I think there's a lot of people that would be in that place where like, I didn't, I didn't envision myself yes. being this burnout, this overwhelmed, this stressed out. That's very powerful, very emotional, very powerful. Yeah. And then in the one-star reviews, 
you find a lot of people who are telling you what they wish your product had done for them. Hmm. And so that's speaking exactly to what your customer wants. And then the other trick, and this is just, I think. So that's, I just want to recap that because that, yeah. so, that was so brilliant. Uh, so the five-star reviews are going to show you like the emotional benefit delivered. How do people feel? And maybe how they felt before, but, yeah. but, but you know, or maybe how they felt before and how they felt after. But capturing those feelings and those emotions, you can use that in your copy as well. So the five-star reviews for emotions and then the one-star reviews to say what, what left them wanting. What did they, what did they yeah. wish? your product or your book, whatever it did. What they expected, expected what they didn't get and what they wanted more of. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other trick I like to do just, and I think this is from being in the publishing world is um, I like to go look up books that are around the avatar and around the topic or product that I'm searching for. And then I go look at the table of contents because I know that um, anyone worth their salt in publishing has spent, oh my gosh, ungodly hours trying to make sure that that table of contents looks good. Because the first thing people do when they pick up a book off the shelf is they look at the front cover, they look at the back cover, and then they open up to the table of contents. Yep. yep. And so most of the Some time... Some people, those- that's how they write their book reports in junior high. It's just exactly. all in the, in the book. You know, I, I'm not saying that I did or didn't do that, but that's one way people use it. Yeah. Exactly. And so those the ways that a lot of those titles into in the chapters are, are formatted it answers a direct benefit or a direct question. And you could swipe some of those for pre-sell headlines, um, the sub-headlines for some of your tips or in your list. And it's just a brilliant way to figure out exactly um, what they what is selling to customers. Yep, yep. Some chapter headlines are just brilliant in terms of copy and could be could be modified and used for for ads or for pre-sale engagement copy. No, no doubt about it. Awesome. Yeah. Man, good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, Other other tips. Do we leave any out? Yeah. So I also like to, um, I am terrible at this. I ruin everybody's pixel. Um, (laughs) I go get pixeled by absolutely everybody. And I am... My conversion rate went down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am slowly trying to get Facebook to stop showing me people in my stream and only show me ads. Because I have such like, get a huge swipe file. Everybody just build a swipe file and then go read all of the comments. Um, So I like to find uh, topics by the questions people are asking in my competitors' ads. Um, So there was a brand that I shared um, at Blue Ribbon, I think called Blanky. And they're selling leggings for um, pregnant women and um, postpartum. And, but they're not doing a really good job at making it clear that it's postpartum women because a lot of the women in their ads um, are pregnant. And so when I opened up the comments, you saw like seven different comments in a row because nobody reads what anyone else has asked before saying, are these good for postpartum as well? And so my suggestion there uh, was they should absolutely create a pre-sell article that's like the 10 essential items in every postpartum wardrobe. And then include their items. Yep. Yep. So good. So good. Um, Very cool. Any other tips on sourcing the content? I got a couple other things I want to talk about too, but any... Mostly go look at your competitors' um, personal social media feeds. See, go, especially on Twitter, go look at tweets and replies section and see what people are arguing with them about Mm. and what people are commenting about and how they respond. Hot button issues right there for sure. For sure. Those are my favorite. Uh, so good. So, okay. So that's how you're going to kind of identify the topic 
get even the language for your ad and for the landing page and all that. So let's talk about some do's and don'ts. What are some do's and don'ts for the page itself? Sure. So for don'ts, when you're in um, when you're in that section where you're providing value, writing the real content piece of it, not the selling piece, um, I think a lot of people aren't familiar with this kind of short form copy. And so they add tons of images in. And what that does is bulk out the piece of content and makes it feel like a blog post where attention span is the shortest thing people have these days. Yep, yep. it's crazy. It's shocking how short attention spans are. Yeah. Like seven, eight like, seconds, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, aren't videos, aren't ad videos getting shorter and shorter because now you can only expect to hold someone's attention for seven seconds? Right. Like right. I would say with these pre-sale things, assume that people are skimmers. Most people are skimmers. Yep. So don't add a ton of images to them because what they're going to think is that this is going down so far along the page. Um, definitely add images and videos into your selling portion, but not in the content portion. Um, definitely do add multiple CTAs. If you think you've added enough CTAs in your selling portion, add more. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can't have enough. Um, it makes sense because people do skim. And so you never know, is it going to be something they read three quarters of the way down the page after they've been scrolling that finally makes them say, oh, okay, I get it now. Yes. I do want to try that. So you should have a CTA handy right there. So multiple. Yeah, don't make people hunt to find... Right? Don't make them scroll down to the end of the page. That's going to mess right. with your metrics yep. and it's going to annoy them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Those are great don'ts. Any other don'ts? Um. With don'ts, don't get too uh, don't get too wordy. A lot of people struggle with this, um, myself included. It's not a term paper, right? I know. Not not. A, yeah. I'm a long form. I'm a long form content girl, <laughs> and so I struggled with this in the beginning with doing pre sale content because um, with Ezra's formula, he does he likes to go with tips, um, and he says no more than fifty words or three hundred characters to each tip. And for me, I struggled. Short. To, That's so it's short. so short and it's hard. And I was just like, I am, I can't do it. But you do it. Kill your darlings. Write out what you want to write out. Walk away from it for a little while. Come back and figure out which words you can get rid of because I bet you can get rid of some. Yep. That forces you to cut the fluff and just get right to the... That's a great way. Cut the fluff. Yep. 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 Super powerful. Okay, good. Uh, other do's or any more, any more don't, uh, do's or any more don'ts? I would say um, what a lot of people struggle with is the selling part in the direct response part of this, the sales letter. Um, a lot of people who have done blogging or SEO content are going to feel like, I can't directly sell to somebody after this. Just do it. Yep. Yep. It, it, it works. It. It, it'll feel like it maybe doesn't flow, uh, although you should work to make it flow as best you can. Yeah. But it works. We it we works. Uh, we have millions of dollars in ad spend to prove that this works. So. Yeah, and for some people's businesses, pre-sale content is again the only kind of content you need. If you're thinking about uh, starting blogging and you only have five good ideas for five blog posts, and you're like, "What am I going to write about afterwards?" Think about turning those just into pre-sale content. And then, and then another do that I like, and, and this is back to sourcing them, is go look at your content that's already on your site that's converting well or getting a lot of organic search and figure out how you can cut the fluff on that and turn it into a pre-sale article. Yep. Love it. And then, yeah, maybe your strategy is just to create a handful of pre-sale articles. That's maybe your content strategy. Maybe you don't want to blog yeah. at all. Maybe you don't need to blog at all. Maybe that'd just be a waste of time. Yeah. So, uh, man, so good. I lo absolutely love this topic. 
so if you're thinking about scaling on different ad networks, whether that's Facebook or YouTube or or GDN or, or Amazon DSP, whatever, uh, getting these pre-sale engagement pages, absolutely critical. So, so Lindsay, uh, how can people learn more about you? So maybe how can they connect with one of these digital strategy boot, boot camps if there are any, any coming up and, and it, uh, yeah. long-term on that? And then how can people just uh, connect with you? Yeah. So if anyone has any questions or wants to talk about a project they have or looking or want to talk about their goals, um, lindsay at lindsaymartyr.com is my email. It's super simple. And then uh, if That's they did want to... martyr with a D, not martyr a Martyr with a D, yes. Yep. Um, and lindsay with an A. Mm-hmm. And um, if they did want to look um, at the boot camps, it's digitalstrategybootcamps.com. And they can also find some from John Grimshaw there and um, just submit a form. And I would say that if you are interested in one of the boot camps and it doesn't seem like it necessarily would fit your initiatives, definitely send me an email because those are meant to just, you know, give people ideas. But I love to work with people one on one and figure out what's best for them. Awesome. So we will link to all of that in the show notes. So check that out. Uh, but Lindsay, man, you brought the thunder today. This was this was <laughs> absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, I'm all fired up. Like I, I, I'm fired up now to like tell all of my clients you got to create better uh, pre-selling better pages. Pre-selling Go listen to this podcast. Listen to Lindsay. So Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yep, you bet. And as always, uh, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. So what would you like to hear more of? Do you have show ideas, topic ideas? Uh, Do leave us a review. Send Lindsay some love on social media as well. Uh, And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.